0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. The sixth chapter, of Shabbat, begins to deal with the kind of things that humans, that men and women can go out with on Shabbat. And in the first two Mishnayot, we learned a list of things that were prohibited. And yet at the same time, we learned... If someone went out with these things, they don't have to bring a sin offering. It's as if the sages are teaching us that from a formal point of view, going out with these things, and we're talking, you know, examples were the nail-studded sandals or a single sandal or tefillin or an amulet. In principle, it is okay to go out with these, these things, but we are anxious in case someone might carry it in the public domain or show it to their friend we're anxious that going out with these things might lead us to break Shabbat. Now as we start the third Mishnah we're going to look at a list of objects which are absolutely forbidden to go out with on Shabbat in other words which really go to the core of breaking Shabbat. And the first are very obvious actually. A woman may not go out with a pierced needle. We learned in the previous Mishnah that if the needle was unpierced, maybe it might be decorative, but a pierced needle is clearly, it's only good for one thing, which is sewing. And we're not going to sew on Shabbat. And the Mishnah continues. I'm not with a signet ring. Well, there's no point in having a signet ring except if we're going to stamp a document with it. Next two cases are more, more, um, are more nuanced. Velo velo Not with a choliar not with a or not with a spice box. A choliar might be some kind of special brooch that you use for extracting um dye from <laughs> snails, but it also might be some kind of tiara. Well the Gemara's not quite sure, and the commentators aren't quite sure. And interesting, but even the Inuit stuff. And if she does go out, according to Rabbi Meir, she's liable for a sin offering. But the sages come back and say, the sages say she's not liable in the case of a spice, a, a, a spice box, or a perfume vial. Some people need to carry these things, and they're more like decorations than like carrying a load. And this question as to whether something is a decoration or whether something is a load is the heart of the next Mishnah, Mishnah 4, which talks about the things that a man can go out with. A man can't go out with a sword or a bow or a shield or a club or a spear. And if he does, he is liable for a sin offering somehow it is not these things are not compatible with shabbat at all and rabbi eliezer is going to object rabbi eliezer says Tach look. the rabbi eliezer says look these are ornaments when a guy goes out with his wonderful weaponry this is these are ornaments just like a woman going out with jewelry and of course we can wear ornaments on shabbat there's anxiety about in case we should take him off and show them to someone and carry them for our not in a public place. But in principle, we can go out with ornaments on Shabbat. And the sages reply with something that maybe gives us a fundamental insight into their view about weapons and their view about, about the place of weapons on Shabbat. The sages say, a nun Ala Ligni, their response to Rabbi Eliezer, who says these things are ornaments, is they are nothing but a disgrace. Shenei, Mara, now they're going to quote the famous verse from Isaiah. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. As far as the sages are concerned carrying weapons on shabbat is somehow inimicable to the 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 ideas of um, uh, peace and wholeness that come on shabbat and we don't carry weapons if we don't carry weapons on shabbat and then the mishnah goes on birit Torah garment is clean because a garment doesn't attract tumah because it's not really a garment that's the underlying philosophy we know that a uh, a kli, a garment, something that belongs to someone, will become tama if it comes in contact with a, a a source of tumour, like like a corpse or a creepy crawly. But it doesn't apply to a garment because a garment is just holding your socks up. It's not really part of the sock. And then kvalim, tmeim ve'en yotzin b'hem band. knee bands are the Gemara explains these knee bands as chains that girls used to wear to 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 stop their strides getting too wide, and we don't really understand what these are, but they're some kind of uh, it, it's some kind of uh, uh, thing that girls used to wear when they when they went out. And then going back to the theme of girls and what they used to wear, yotzai A woman can go out with ribbons made of hair. And remember, we learnt a couple of mishnayot ago that. She doesn't go out with ribbons made of wool and flax. She does go out with ribbons made of hair. Bane Michel, Bane Michel Chevrata, either her own hair or her friends. Bane Michel Bema, or maybe in animals. or tefet or with frontlets or with head bangles if they were sewn. And we saw, by the way, the picture of the head bangles. We saw a picture of the Totefet earlier Earlier up. And there was a concern that if the Totefet wasn't sewn in, someone might take it off and carry it for our mot in a public domain on Shabbat. But this is referring to the Mishnah here, refers to, Totefet Bizman shehain to Something which is sewn in to whatever hat you're wearing. So there's no concern about taking it off. And then the Mishnah goes along in the same in the in the same vein. Um, with a hairnet, with a wig, into a courtyard. And then a list of things that a woman or a person actually, because this doesn't apply just to women, a, well, it doesn't only apply to women. It doesn't apply exclusively to women. So, for example, someone might want to go out with wool in their ear to stop up something which is uh, dripping pus, or wool in sandals to if they're hurting. Or And this is only for women, or um, wool which she prepared for her period. So these are early kinds of tampons, and women are going out with them on Shabbat. With a peppercorn, with a lump of salt, anything that's placed in her mouth. People used to do these things if they had um, if they had mouth ulcers or if they had other problems with their mouths. they put a bit of salt or pepper in them. Providing she doesn't put it in her mouth on Shabbat. In other words, Seems that as though people would put the salt in before Shabbat and then they'd keep it in their mouth for the whole of the day. And that's why the Mishnah explains if, she, if it falls out, she shouldn't put it back. Shane. They had false teeth in those days. Shane to tevet A false tooth or a gold tooth. Rabbi, That's Rabbi Yunasi. Matir Rabbi permits it, but the sages again are afraid that you might, particularly if you've got a gold tooth, you know, you might (laughs) you might take it out, you might show it to somebody. And again, you might carry end up carrying it for a mot in a public place. Tomorrow we'll finish tomorrow we will go on in the in the sixth chapter. We'll find out more things which are absolutely permitted to carry on Shabbat. And then we'll draw out, as we go into the seventh chapter, we'll draw out some general principles. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.